It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Really? Really, week three? This is what you're going to give us for preseason? What a colossal letdown that was. I was expecting so much more. I I know, obviously, this is our first time having uh, only three preseason games, but there were a lot of questions we were hoping to get answered, a lot of things we were hoping to get cleared up uh, that shall remain fuzzy. But um, uh, I'll end my rant there. My name is Justin Varnes. I'm with FantasyPoints.com. I'm one of the IDP analysts. Welcome to the IDP Corner. Uh, And with me and equally frustrated on the left, frustrated on the left coast is Mr. Thomas Simons. How you doing, Thomas? I'm frustrated, Justin. <laughs> uh, as you had, you made mention, there were nine of the 32 teams out there had their full uh, starters to begin the preseason week three. Four teams went with partial starters and partial starters sitting on the bench. 17 teams did not start their starters. They, they rested them. They didn't even dress. And then two teams didn't even play. Yeah. Now, one thing we need to preface here is that the this podcast is being recorded before the final cuts on Tuesday, August thirty first. So, if you if we mention somebody or talk about some things that happen or players that get cut on Tuesday, which there are going to be some big name veterans let go and or traded, then we'll have to address them in our first regular season podcast. And everybody out there should know that the reason this is happening is because we're recording this before the final cuts. And speaking of uh, the final uh, preseason uh, games and heading into regular season, this is going to wrap up our preseason podcasting for the, and the offseason podcasting. Uh, and next time you hear our melodious voices, we'll actually have <laughs> actual meaningful football uh, to analyze and discuss. Uh, so we're pretty excited about that. But for now, let's review what we did find out from week three with our news and notes. You said melodious. <laughs> um, the Jets traded their uh, 2022 sixth round pick to Houston for one Lawson to replace another. Uh, they, they traded for Shaq Lawson, the defensive end, um, and he's going to step in for Carl Lawson. They've been using Bryce Huff from the meantime to fill Lawson's shoes, but apparently didn't feel comfortable with with that moving forward. So they went out and traded for Shaq Lawson, who will most likely step into Carl Lawson's position. And we'll get into a little bit more why uh, Lawson might have a little bit more fantasy value than than we would have originally thought. It has more to do with uh, than just Carl Lawson being gone, but we'll get to that at a later uh, part of the podcast. Um, for now, uh, one of the things that we've been watching, we read over um, the offseason about Jeremy Chin being moved around a little bit more, playing less linebacker and playing more of a traditional safety. Ch- Chin was a top uh, safety and top DB for us last year. Um, not only was he near the line of scrimmage, uh, but he also had a couple of uh, back-to-back fumble fumble recoveries uh, turned into touchdowns that also helped. 
But you know, we're we were trying to be careful to to pump the brakes a little bit on Chin for this season because they won't be using him uh, on the line of scrimmage as much as they did last year. And, and for the first couple of preseason games, we saw Chin playing uh, deep more often than fellow safety Justin Burris, who was playing a little closer to the box. That really had us worried. Uh, however, in this uh, final preseason tune-up with the starters. Uh, Jeremy Chin played 14 of his 19 snaps either in the box or on uh, uh, in the slot. So that's where we want to be seeing him. And it was Burris who played 13 of his 19 snaps at deep safety. This is more of what we're hoping to see so that Chin can maintain his fel- his fantasy relevance. We don't think he's going to be able to repeat the season he had last year. But now we think he's maybe back into the top 10, top 12 conversation for defensive backs. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we were concerned with, as you mentioned, is that Chin would be playing more deep, you know, playing more of a safety role than a linebacker role. But with the departure of Denzel Perryman in the trade uh, and Jermaine Carter playing um, linebacker, you know, they they started using Chin more in what we thought was last year's role. And that... That opens the door for Chin to actually rise in our projections a little bit and, and something to, to keep in mind. Now, granted, in this past preseason uh, weekend, Chin did start along with uh, Carter, and they all, they both took every single defensive snap. So, yes, the numbers that we just gave you are, are in an in indication that Chin's going to play the same kind of role he had last year. But Carter is not a, def- a definitive three-down linebacker yet, even though it looked like he was in this past preseason game. But you can, you know, I mean, we mentioned you're, they're only doing, you know, 15 to 20 snaps maximum for these starting teams, so you don't know what they're going to do for a whole game. Now, we can go ahead and move on uh, to the Rams, uh, who didn't start any of their defense at all. But it does look like Darius Williams is going to start at left cornerback, uh, and opposite Jalen Ramsey and David Long will be the nickelback going into the season. Now, the surprise here is that Micah Kaiser uh, didn't sit with the starters. He actually played. He started the game uh, and it looks like Troy Reader is going to start with Kenny Young inside. Now, how are they going to are they going to rotate these three? I don't know. Was Kaiser being used because he hasn't seen any time during the preseason and that's the reason why he dressed and played? We don't know quite yet, but whatever, you know, all the official depth charts we've seen so far has Reader and Young as the starters. And uh, there have been, uh, I think, at least one, if not two um, reports that they're that they're considering trading Kaiser, which which makes a lot of sense because he's a he's certainly a, a capable linebacker. And there are lots of teams out there that could use at least some uh, linebacker depth, if not uh, have have him play some meaningful snaps. I do think that it is Reader and Young who they are um, putting their faith in. Um, but uh, we saw that Kaiser was still playing well into the you know, first half. I think it might, might have even been into the second half, but definitely. He was out there uh, after um, both Reader and Young came off the field. That either could be a showcase. This is, you know, uh, as um, as Thomas had mentioned, this is the time where not only do cuts happen, but trades happen, where it's just clear like, hey, let's just see if we can at least get something for this player before completely cutting him loose. Um, Kaiser could very well um, be that be that kind of player. In fact, by the time this podcast hits, Kaiser might be a, a, a linebacker for another team. Either way, what it, all that really means for now, what 
is um, be careful not to draft Kaiser too highly. I mean, I would I would draft him at most at a bench spot, but we're seeing Reader and Young, the two valuable linebackers here. And remember that neither Reader nor Young should be wearing the communication helmet, which means they they may not be uh, three down linebackers. They'll likely right. play an, enough snaps to be fantasy relevant, but just just keep that in mind that they may elect to keep Kaiser and create a little bit of a rotation between the three of them. Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, speak, speaking of linebacker rotations uh, and linebacker uh, muddiness, we we actually did get at least to see a, a little bit of action to uh, uh, help us figure out what's going on in Chicago. So next to Roquan Smith, it's been Danny Trevathan for the last several years. Trevathan's 31, but still playing well. Last year, he didn't have his best season, showed a, a few cracks last year, and um, they brought in Alec Ogletree, who is somebody that uh, was basically relegated to, to backup spot and was struggling to make a team, much less uh, make a starting lineup. Well, Ogletree came uh, to the Bears in great shape. We talked a little bit about this last week and uh, played very well and uh, was really impressing in training camp while Trevathan was out with an injury. So this last preseason game was hopefully going to give us some some tea leaves here, as we like to say. And that's exactly <laughs> what, that's exactly what we got, which was that Ogletree, um, he did not play just like Roquan Smith didn't play. So what what you know, the Bears were one of the teams that played almost none of their defensive starters. So Ogletree and Smith sat while Trevathan started and played essentially with the rest of the twos. So that by itself on the surface looks like Ogletree is the starter next to Roquan Smith. However, there are a couple of key pieces that you have to include in this. One, Trevathan played great. He had an interception, a pass defense, had a couple of tackles. He he looked great. Um, he hadn't played for much of training camp or preseason. And afterwards, coach Nag- uh, the coach said, uh, because he and Eddie Goldman, another presumed starter, didn't get much uh, r- many reps during training camp, that they needed live reps. So the fact that Trevathan was out there doesn't necessarily mean he's fighting for a roster spot. I think his roster spot is is, is fine. Uh, and then the other thing is that um, I, I looked, did some research and there was a beat writer, a beat writer, Anthony Heron, said this whole situation with Ogletree and Trevathan and is being misinterpreted. Uh, Ogletree just gives them a legitimate backup. Um, similar to what they had with uh, Nick Kwiatkowski a couple of years ago, he was a, a an extremely capable backup for both Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan and would step right in for either one of them if he, either one of them got, got banged up a little bit. So um, Heron at least believes that's what Ogletree is going to be for this team. That said, it still makes Trevathan um, a, a shaky pick for maybe a reliable LB three. So he's somebody you might want to either avoid altogether or wait, wait just deep in drafts for both of these guys. Yeah. And as we mentioned with the, the Rams, with Kaiser and reader and young, there's, you know, because these players haven't seen much action in the preseason games. And because of the fact that, that, you know, there's a shortened preseason, it's, really complicates and muddles the situation or muddies the waters to understanding exactly what their roles are and how they're going to play this out. Now, Trevathan hasn't played until now, so that's probably the reason why he got the playing time, whereas Ogletree has been playing a lot uh, up to this point. So it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't mean anything in regards to Ogletree being a starter over Trevathan. Um, But 
you just it's a risky situation that you have to pay close attention to because now they have almost two weeks to prepare for the season opener and final cuts are going to happen. And then all of a sudden now you're going to start seeing how they're really practicing and getting ready for the season. So Let, let's, yeah, let's move on to our quick hits now. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Thomas, that, that that's something we're going to have to watch carefully as, as the season goes along yes. um, on to our quick hits. So Seattle um, Seahawks had a great game against the chargers after having a disastrous outing at home against Denver the week before. Well, Daryl Taylor looks like he's going to be the starting strong side linebacker for Seattle. Um, He had a heck of a game against the Chargers. He he took 63% of the snaps. He had a solo and an assist, and he had one and a half sacks along with a uh, pass defended. So Taylor is looking more and more like a solid strong side linebacker. He's a two-down linebacker most likely for them. Um, there is the concern that K.J. Wright, who's still out there, could come in and, and if the price is right, could come in and, and probably steal some snaps from Taylor at that strong side linebacker spot. But after what Taylor did this past weekend, I'm not seeing K.J. Wright being a sign for the, the Seahawks in the, in the near future. Last week for the Patriots, uh, safety Kyle Duggar, second-year player, Kyle Duggar started with the ones while Adrian Phillips, one of the other safeties, came off the bench. And that was a bit unexpected. Uh, we were expecting to see Phillips be the, the starter there and, and Duggar uh, come in as the third safety. Well, that's what we saw this week. Uh, this week, we saw it kind of return to normalcy with where Phillips got back out there with the ones. We think both of these guys are going to play a lot, along with veteran safety Devin McCourty kind of being a more traditional free safety. Uh, we imagine a lot of three safety sets where McCordy is out there and you're going to have both Phillips and Duggar. There might be times when Phillips is not on the field and Duggar is. So there's a little bit of a rotation there. However, um, both Phillips and Duggar have fantasy value, but we think Phillips has the path to more snaps and more productivity. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to Jacksonville and, and talk about move from DBs to linebackers. Uh we talked about Miles Jack and Damian Wilson being the the two set linebackers uh, for the Jaguars, especially after they ch- traded Joe Schobert to Pittsburgh. Well, it through most of this preseason and in their practices and scrimmages, the the Jaguars have been running a two linebacker set for most of the time. So it, it's beginning to look more and more like these are the two linebackers you can count on, and that they'll see the field quite a bit. Based on training camp and all three preseason games, a couple of deep sleepers for linebackers, um, and this goes from ADP uh, as well as my own experience in in, in a ton of drafts, both in uh, expert and casual leagues, uh, both Logan Wilson in Cincinnati and Anthony Walker in Cleveland look to be every down linebackers there, and they're all but forgotten in in these drafts. And, And the reason I say they look to be every down linebackers, we read that they're supposed to be the the you know the wearers of the green dot they're supposed to be the ones communicating out there so that means they're expected to be three down linebackers and then when these preseason games if come if they're playing the snaps they're supposed to play with the starters or they're resting with the starters uh then then 
there's no indication that that uh, they won't be exactly what they've been all, all preseason. Now, the reason these guys are so low is because they're risky. We don't we don't actually know if Logan Wilson, right? We're not we're not worried about Darius Leonard. He's going to be an every down linebacker unless something <laughs> traumatic happens, right? We're not worried about Roquan Smith or any of these other guys, but. But when you were when you were down lower in drafts and looking for um, players with upside, Wilson and Walker have have really kind of clear paths to playing. Maybe then maybe they won't be a hundred percent opportunity there, but maybe they'll be you know eighty to ninety percent snaps. We'll take that, particularly if you because you can get them so late. They're a solid LB three or LB four, but they actually do have LB two upside just based on the fact that they might log eleven hundred snaps this year. Yep, that's very true, and and we'll move on to another linebacker who could be in a similar type mode, and that's Jermaine Carter, which we mentioned earlier with Jeremy Chin. He took all the first-team defensive snaps, which was 19, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a three-down linebacker, and therein lies the risk and why he's dropping or is going uh, low on the ADP. Um but again, he was on the field for as many snaps as Jeremy Chin, even though Chin played in the box with him. So there's a, a a lot of belief that Carter is the guy that the Panthers are comfortable with, and so much so that they let Denzel Perryman go in a trade. So uh, again, Carter fits the same bill as Logan Wilson and Anthony Walker as far as being taken late, but looks like a linebacker four, could be a linebacker three or two. Now, he's not a defensive coordinator. He's not the head coach. He's not the GM. But Steve Smith is clearly plugged in to the Carolina Panthers. And Steve Smith said that Jermaine Carter was the, quote unquote, new leader of this defense. Now, again, that's just a a former player uh, saying that that doesn't necessarily mean a ton. You know, you don't want to bank a whole lot on that. But still, you know, uh, there's a lot of things pointing here to say that Carter's going to be on the field a lot. So I, I'd still rather Walker or Wilson and Thomas. I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. But again, as we get late into Agreed. drafts and you need a fourth or a fifth linebacker, you need a bench spot. Uh, there are a lot worse players to take a shot on than somebody like Carter, who yeah, who could be a 80, 90, maybe even 100 percent snap guy there in Carolina. Um, another linebacker, we're going a little bit of a linebacker run here, but, um, another linebacker that, uh, situation that we were hoping to get some, uh, clarity on that we did was, uh, the linebacking spot next to Alexander Johnson in Denver. Uh, there were hints that, um, second year player, Justin Stranod was going to be replacing Jewel, Josie Jewel, either full-time or possibly splitting snaps with him. It was Jewel who played with the starters while Stranod came off the bench in our final preseason game. I'm still concerned about uh, Stranod cutting into Josie Jewell's snaps. That that certainly could still be a thing. Uh, so I'm not uh, drafting Josie Jewell, and I'm going to be watching waiver wires uh, for Justin Stranod over the f- first couple of weeks. But what it really kind of does is help solidify that uh, A.J. Johnson is the linebacker you want to own there in Denver. Staying in line with the uh, quick hits linebackers, uh, the Jets, uh, Hamsa Nasruddin and Jamie and Sherwood both started, um, and they both took 25 snaps for the Jets' first team defense. Um, Nasruddin had a two solos and an assist, with one of those solos being a tackle for a loss, while Sherwood posted uh, four total tackles, one solo and three assists. Sherwood played mostly inside, and Nasruddin played outside. 
Well, Thomas, right about now is a good time to remind you to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prize money for NFL's Week 1 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS when you sign up and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Tune in to Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. Now let's move on to uh, people who are not propped up, or uh, or, or actually, <laughs> or if they're propped up, up, they're propped up on their couch right now, and that's notable injuries. Well, there, there's quite a few injuries that we're going to find out about, uh, especially when the final cutdowns happen, because then you'll you'll see players that go on IR or the PUP list, and you're like, what? What happened there? Because there, there's a lot of injuries that took place on uh, Sunday that we don't know about yet. But we can hit some of these injuries uh, that we're very well aware of. And the first place we'll go to is the poor Jets defensive line. Vinnie Curry, defensive end, uh, was announced that he had a blood disorder and it will force him to miss the entire season. So we talked about how we'd revisit Shaq Lawson. Well, now there's you can see why they, they went after Shaq Lawson because not only did they lose Carl Lawson, but now they've lost Vinnie Curry as well. So we had mentioned that Bryce Huff was taking a lot of the time and that they're bringing in Shaq Lawson. Well, it looks like that Huff could maintain the snap counts that we were thinking he would in the loss of Carl Lawson because now they've lost two defensive ends. So we'll go ahead and move on to Dallas and their rookie cornerback, Kelvin Joseph, suffered a groin injury. Now, the extent of this injury is currently unknown. Um, There is a chance that he could miss uh, opening day, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Trey Waynes, cornerback, is day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Um, Going back to Dallas, Donovan Wilson didn't play this past weekend due to a groin injury, but he should be ready for the season opener. Um, Nicholas Morrow is likely out for the uh, regular season start, and that's evidence in the trade for Denzel Perryman. So, and, And Perryman's banged up too. So that linebacker situation in Las Vegas is really, really... Uh, muddy right now. And finally, uh, two linebackers on Minnesota, Troy Dye and Chaz, rookie Chaz Surratt, um, both left the game, uh, Dye with a leg injury and Surratt with a neck injury. Uh, the extent of these injuries are on, are not known. They're both backup linebackers, but if they are out and miss any extended period of time, that leaves Minnesota very, very thin at linebacker. Now, Thomas, last week you asked me, what is monkey knife fight? And I'm pretty sure you didn't hear me, so I'm going to repeat that again for you. (laughs) Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. It is a daily fantasy sports operator offering a unique style of player props. 
One of the things we really love about MKF is that you simply don't have to spend all day analyzing salaries to create that one lineup that finally makes you a millionaire like other sites. The third biggest operator in DFS offers all of the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, and constantly adds new sports to the mix to help keep things fresh for their more than 200,000 users. Case in point, college football is coming in the fall of 21, and we've heard rumblings of bowling, tennis, and even fishing. So here's how it works. Pick a sport, select a game matchup, pick your fantasy contest, more or less, rapid fire or stat shootout. Those are your three fantasy contests. Choose your buy-in. That's it. New users can use code FANTASYPTS, FANTASYPTS, to claim an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. New users also receive a free $5 just for signing up. So head to www.monkeyknifefight.com and download the app on the App Store or Play Store. You can also find out more information on the Fantasy Points homepage. Now, we're going to turn our attention to uh, some of our, our favorite uh, folks out there, which is our Discord app. If you are not a um, premium Fantasy Points subscriber, you are missing out on a great opportunity. We have a Discord board that puts you in direct contact with not only myself and Thomas for any IDP-related questions, which comes in handy if you play 90% of your leagues are non-IDP, and then you've got a draft. Like We have a couple of guys right now who are in the middle of drafts, and they don't they don't follow IDP. They you know they're but they have a couple of teams where they're where they play IDP and they don't want to have to spend the time figuring out you know which of these you know thirty linebackers is the guy to take. Well, they'll reach out to us directly through Discord. Say, hey, I'm I'm drafting tomorrow. Uh, you know, here's my scoring, and then we can help them directly. Now that's just the IDP version of it. The other channels you know get you in touch with John Hanson and Graham Barfield and Scott Barrett and Joe Dolan and Tom Bradley. You talk about betting. You can talk about trading cards, you name it. So it's one it's one of my favorite parts about uh, the Fantasy Points site is being uh, 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 getting a real chance to just one on one connect with our Discord members. So what we started to do um, is ask them to ask is ask them to ask us questions so that we can kind of deliver them here uh, and address them. So we're going to start um, with one of our. Um, one of our users stop at yellow. He asked us earlier, how do we feel about Alex Highsmith this year? The, uh, the edge rusher for Pittsburgh, is he a potential impact IDP? Uh, Thomas, I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, uh, for 2021, uh, I'd have to say no to him being an impact player. And, and let's preface this by saying he headed into camp training camp with many pundits and experts thinking that he's going to have a really big sophomore season. Uh, he he may start games, but you have to ask yourself, why did the team go out and sign Melvin Ingram III to a $4 million one-year contract if they're really, really happy with Highsmith? So I'm looking at the situation with uh, Ingram, and then they also have Notre Dame outside linebacker Jameer Jones, who went undrafted, um, signed with Houston last year, and now is with Pittsburgh. They have a lot of bodies there, and you got to – for them to have that many bodies, you can't really expect Highsmith to be a three-down linebacker. And that's a huge gauge when you're asking if a player is going to be an impact IDP. Now, Highsmith has a lot more potential and high-end in big play scoring leagues. Um, and that's something to consider if you're in a dynasty keeper leagues. 
Um, but he's he's more of a cover linebacker too because you've got T.J. Watt on the other side who's going to be racking up the, uh, the the higher number of sacks. So Highsmith being an impact player in 2021, I don't think so. Unless injuries happen, you never know. But if there are injuries, then yeah, then he has the potential to be a high, a high impact player. But I wouldn't gamble on him being it right now at this point in time. Yeah, and I, I have to agree. Uh, but um, and you alluded to this as as well, Thomas. As a dynasty pick, I, I'm actually um, pretty happy with him. Or uh, even for a, a late round stash, and and it's not his talent that that we're concerned about. It's what Thomas said. It's it's the signing of Melvin Ingram, who's who still has legs underneath him. Um, the 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 path to playing every down, which is you know we've talked before about this, you know, there's a, there's a handful of defensive linemen who play 90% of their snaps and, you know, being an edge rusher is, is, you know, it's like a, it's like a poker player with, with a great starting hand. You just have to, you know, it's going to hit, but the randomness at which it hits requires that you play it over and over and over again to be successful. It's the same thing with edge rushers. You need them to get a ton of snaps because there are so many factors that have to work out for them to get a sack um, that uh, if, if he only sees, you know, 30 snaps a game, uh, his, his chances are limited. But if uh, Ingram sits or if Ingram wears down or if Ingram gets hurt, you know, we, he, he's the older player, then Highsmith's chances do in, increase but um, uh, exponentially. And there's a couple of big things here. One, any edge rusher playing across from TJ Watt will have clean looks. I don't care who you are. If you're playing across from TJ Watt, uh, teams are just not going to uh, double or triple even remotely you so uh you know we saw that last year with bud dupree so there's a so highsmith if he can gain more snaps has that great opportunity the other thing is he did have a really good uh training camp and preseason in preseason he played 61 snaps uh 20 of those were uh, sorry 40 of those were pass rushes and he had uh seven total pressures during that time uh so pretty pretty solid numbers that's that's not hall of fame worthy but uh he definitely has potential there it's just the sign of the signing of ingram uh muddies the waters a little bit for him to be a high impact player so I would say no to high impact, but late round stash, I, I'd have to I'd have to say he's a you know he's he's a pretty good shot. Uh, just got to yeah. get through Ingram. Yeah, and you know, with speaking of Ingram, you you have him as if he was twenty nineteen Ingram. Well, yeah, he probably starts over Highsmith. But if he's twenty twenty two or excuse me twenty twenty Ingram, well, he went he landed on IR twice last year, and once with a knee injury at the end, which sealed his fate because you can't come off of IR twice. Once you go on the second time, you're done. So, but they they signed him for four million, which is a clear indication they feel he has a lot left in his tank. So, I, I'm again we go back to the whole situation of of with Ingram there, and if he's going to be healthy, then Highsmith may be sharing time. Uh, we had another question on uh, Discord that we want to get to, and this comes from Kino, aka Mister Dominator, uh, one of our one of our favorite uh, uh, Discord members. He's asking about 
um, rookie cornerbacks. Who are some rookie cornerbacks that we like? What are our thoughts on Talanoa Hufanga? And are there any defensive tackles or defensive end sleepers uh, over there in San Francisco? And that's that last one's a good question because, you know, th- this was a stacked line a couple of years ago, but through free agency and trades, et cetera, that line is thinned out. So who who's kind of the next wave coming? Uh, Thomas, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start off with with um, Talanoa uh, Hufanga. The 49ers, um, Jimmy Ward sat this pre- last preseason game, and uh, Hufanga started next to Jaquiski Tart. Now, the initial thoughts, thoughts are that Ward is going to start over Hufanga, and Hufanga will share uh, snaps with HaHa Clinton Dix. But we haven't seen much of Clinton Dix this pre uh, preseason. There is a possibility that he could get 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 cut in the final cutdown, and if that happens, then Hufanga's stock rises dramatically. And there's a good chance that if Ward is unable to to overcome the injury bug that has been plaguing him his career so far, then Hufanga could step into a starting role and could you know especially with Tart having in, an injury history too. Hufanga could become the primary safety for the 49ers. So there is high-end potential there, but there's also the possibility that he could start as a third safety or maybe even share the third safety with Clinton Dix. Now, if you go to the sleeper, quote-unquote, aspect of of the 49ers DL situation, I really don't see a sleeper, so to speak, here. Maybe Javon Kinlaw, but people know enough about Kinlaw from last year to to negate that sleeper tag. So, yes, you have Eric Armstead. Uh, Armstead is uh, underachieved. Um, DJ Jones has been trying to overcome an injury bug. We all know about Nick Bosa. Uh, we know that Bosa has the potential to be a sack master, but he also is overcoming an injury. They've got Samson uh, Ibukum, who came from the Rams, who probably, you know, with the Rams, he played a linebacker spot here with the 49ers. He'll be a defensive end. You know, D Ford is is long in the tooth and has an injury history himself lately. So he's kind of not really a sleeper opportunity. Contavis uh, uh, Street and Kevin Givens are also backups. With I, I think another sleeper here might be Maurice Hurst, but he got hurt, so there's a possibility that he could start the season on on one of the injured lists or or PUP list. Now, go ahead. Oh like no, I was I, I was no, I was just going to set you up for the cornerback uh, because we've got. I think um, you know I talked a little bit about this. Uh, we're when it comes to the rookie cornerbacks, these guys could be tricky. Um, the the real formula you hear this term all the time: rookie corner. Oh, the rookie corner rule this is going to be great for fantasy. Um, that is true. However, it's a pretty limited. Um, set that creates that explosive rookie rookie cornerback, and it's. A, he's usually drafted in the top in the first round, um, late. Uh, sorry, early second round max. So it has to be a very high draft pick. They also have to have a clear path 
um, or essentially they have to play about at least a thousand snaps. Um, and that's harder than it seems. We've seen a lot of rookie cornerbacks over the last couple of years um, struggle to to make an impact early on in the season. So um, you can't just pick any rookie cornerback. You have to have you have, really have to have them most likely. And this is this is just what the numbers say. This is over the last you know several years. If you track which of these rookie cornerbacks actually become fantasy relevant and likely stay fantasy relevant, it's pretty much it's got to be in that window, or it's almost impossible for it to happen. So, um, I think what we're going to do here is is Thomas uh, is going to list off some of the players who fit into that category, and then I'm gonna I'll pick a few like deep deep sleepers. These are not people that you should draft. Do not draft them. However, uh, unless you're in a dynasty league and you start several cornerbacks and you just want to cut, you have a last round pick. I'll throw a couple of names out there, but really these are people to be watching on the waiver wire for. But um, Thomas, let's start with the big dogs first. Well, I mean, coming out of the draft, there there was a couple of uh, um, players that were touted as being high end cornerbacks, and one of them was Patrick Sertan from. Um, who Denver drafted. The problem with Sertan right now is that Denver has two starting cornerbacks in Kyle Fuller and um, Ronald Darby. So with Ron Darby and Fuller being the starter, Sertan is going to be battling Bryce Harper for playing time as the nickelback and obviously would be in dime packages. But there's the, he still has to overcome Callahan, who has injury history, so there's a good chance that Sertan could be on the field. And when he gets on the field, he'll be you know, targeted frequently because he's a rookie, and the teams are going to uh, check him out early on to see what he's made of. Uh, another corner that is coming in that's a rookie who likely starts is J.C. Horn. Now, Horn is, is Joe Horn's son, and he obviously has NFL blood in him. Now, the, the key with Horn is that he's probably going to start to, uh, in the beginning because A.J. Bowie is going to be on suspension to start the, the, the season. And Horn comes in with a chip on his shoulder because he was drafted late and a lot of teams pass on him, and, and he took that to heart. So Horn's going to play with an attitude, and, and these two could have impacts in their first season. Now, um Mr. Dominator did ask about uh, Eli Molden, Elijah Molden. Um, Molden and Caleb Farley are two Titan rookies who could see the field uh, as well in 2021. But they're currently deep on the depth chart. and We don't know their status until the Titans actually make their final cuts and we actually see their depth chart and whether or not these two make it. Uh, the Titans will roll out Jackrabbit Jenkins and uh, Christian Fulton, uh, a, a pick, a recent early pick for them uh, as starters. Uh, and Farley and Molden are most likely going to be battling for the nickel cornerback spot with Dane Krushank and uh, Brian Borders. Uh, and I'm going to piggyback on that just for some of these deeper players. Um, and they're often going to see their roles start in the slot and hopefully then expand from there um, to potential players. Although one, one of these players actually might end up starting outside. This has kind of been an, an interesting development and that's in new Orleans. Uh, Paulson Adebo uh, there for new Orleans has been uh, climbing up those ranks pretty quickly. He's somebody that um, we like uh, um, as well as our own Wes Huber, who's a, a, our Debbie and college uh, football expert um, and knows a hell of a lot about defense. Um, we, we all have kind of our eye on, on Paulson being somebody to, to move up the ranks in, uh, for the saints. Um, they had Patrick Robinson, who was his 
one of his main um, competitions for that uh, cornerback outside cornerback uh, job across from Marshawn Lattimore. That was Patrick Robinson, but Patrick Robinson retired. Um, they did bring in a uh, veteran Prince Amukamura, but I'm pretty sure that's just for a veteran presence. So there's a chance they'll, There'll be, you know, there's a little competition there for Prince Amukamura, Grant Haley, and Paulson, but there's a, a pretty good chance that also, but Paulson will end up playing meaningful snaps. So um, either grab him with your very last pick or leave him on the waiver wire and let's see what the Saints roll out week one. If, uh, if Paulson Adebo is out there for every snap on the outside, which is far from guaranteed, uh, that could be somebody uh, who is a sleeper pick that could come in handy. Uh, another one is Tyson Campbell, um, the uh, the rookie out of Jacksonville. Uh, their secondary is, you know, a work in progress. They're trying to piece some stuff together. As it's looking like now, there's a chance that that Campbell will come in uh, in nickel packages. And remember that nowadays nickel packages are the uh, predominant um, uh, um, setup. So. I think it's still, you know, it's still going to be, you know, Shaq Griffin on one side, then they've got CJ Henderson, Trey Herndon on the other, but Tyson is building up um, a rep there and could start seeing if they play a ton of slot and Tyson Campbell is that guy, he will likely get picked on. And that's the type of late round or week two or week three um, uh, pickup off the waiver wire where all of a sudden, you, you know, you read Campbell had six tackles one game and eight tackles the next. And, and, and that's exactly why, but yes. I, for redraft, these are guys I'm avoiding. This is either deep dynasty or these are the players I've got check marked uh, as to let's look at what they're going to do over the first couple of weeks of the season. And I'll roll out two more that fit the same bill that you just mentioned about deep dynasty only type uh, players. Uh, Greg Newsom on Chicago, uh, excuse me, on Cleveland is another guy who um, could see time in the nickel position, but it all depends on whether or not starter Greedy Williams can overcome his injuries that he's been, that have plagued him so far in his short career, because he has obviously Denzel Ward at one starting uh, spot and Troy Hill is the nickel back currently with Greedy Williams starting. Hill could slide into Williams' starting role and Newsom could take over the nickel spot if Williams is not ready to start the season. But that's a risky move on Newsom because of the fact that he's most likely a dime if everybody's healthy. And the other player I, I would mention is on Seattle, Trey Brown. Um, he's a... He doesn't fit the mold that the Seahawks love, which is long, lanky, tall cornerbacks. He's only 5'10", but the kid can hit, and he also is a um, a good cover corner. He has closing speed that, that, that the Seahawks love. Problem right now is that he's a little bit dinged up with a tissue injury, so Brown has been somewhat inactive um, this summer, so his, his progression has been slow. He, if he's healthy and he's playing well, then he he could be the nickel cornerback over Trey Flowers. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, our preseason action for the IDP corner over at FantasyPoints.com. Next time you hear us, we will have, like I said, watch some actual football. Uh, Thomas, got any fun Labor Day plans? Uh, yeah, drafting. <laughs> same here i have five i have five drafts on labor day <laughs> and it's just too many and and yeah that's about it <laughs>
Well, uh, I'll be uh, laboring over those drafts, and hopefully you will you will be too. Uh, I will be in my pajamas, which is, I think, the best way to draft. Indeed. Um, and next time we talk to y'all, uh, it'll be uh, the regular season. We'll have real football. Uh, good luck, everyone who is drafting this weekend, along with Thomas and I, unless you're in our leagues, and then uh, we will not wish you good luck. <laughs> uh, other than that, we will see you next week, or you will hear us next week. Thomas, take us out. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.